Hi everyone, this is Allison Ramsey with the Empire Life Podcast, and today is my first solo episode, and I'm coming back from the gym, and I felt super inspired to hop on here and hopefully inspire you with some of my words of wisdom and of what I've learned. So this solo podcast is titled, What I've Been Told and What Actually Happened. So what I've been told and what actually happened. And I'm going to start with a few stories from my childhood and then go all the way up to the present time. So again, this is the Empire Life Podcast. Welcome. If you like it, please subscribe. We are Empire Life Conscious Tech Company. We help entrepreneurs to launch their online empires. And so I'm going to start. When I was three years old, I was told that we were not rich. We were actually really poor. And I was so curious that I was put into a preschool I asked infinite amounts of questions and I was put into a preschool when I was three and my best friend happened to be extraordinarily wealthy. The first sleepover that I went to of this best friend was in a penthouse at the top of a hotel that I had never, I didn't even know what a penthouse was. And I had never seen so many pizzas on one table in my life. There was like every flavor every kind of pizza that you can imagine on this very long table. And I went to my first sleepover actually independently by myself. Everyone else had their parents there sleeping next to them. And I elected to go independently by myself. I woke up in the middle of the night and I I walked. I remember I looked around and I saw that everybody had their parents there. And I walked to these huge glass windows that were surrounding the room where we were sleeping. And I remember it to this day, being able to look out and see the entire city, the entire downtown of my city that we lived in. It was extraordinary, beautiful, breathtaking. And at that moment I understood, I am rich. I am rich with this experience. This experience has made me rich. And When I was five years old, I was told that professional basketball players wouldn't want to talk to a child. I had the opportunity to go to a huge conference after a basketball trick performance group that I was in with my dad, and I asked him politely to please get the microphone so I could ask a question in the conference. There was about 500 people within this room. It was crowded. He he said, grab my shirt, hold on to me. He had to walk through the crowd to grab the microphone. I asked one question to the panel of the ladies professional basketball team that was at the front. And then they asked me to come on the stage. I was shaking inside, though I was so curious to ask this question. It was burning inside me. And I asked the question, what does it take to become a professional woman's basketball player? And one by one, the panel of the ladies professional basketball players that were almost all over six foot five answered my question. Well, first of all, they asked me to come on stage. I needed to walk through the crowd when I was five years old, come on the the stage in front of them. And they answered my question. And then they invited a lot of other girls to come on the stage with me, whom they asked if they had the same question. After that, I went to a few basketball camps with those players attending those camps months later, I would say almost a year later, and they remembered who I was. 
when I was eight years old, I got in a lot of trouble at school in my English class because the first day of school, they gave us a textbook and I went home and I was told that we were supposed to read a, a chapter or a few pages that night for homework. And I couldn't stop myself from reading. And I, before I knew it, I had almost finished, pretty much finished the whole textbook because I was so into it. I became engrossed in the book. I loved it so much. The next day I went to school and we were in the lesson and I kept raising my hand and answering the teacher's questions. The teacher eventually understood that I had read way far ahead. And she came and asked me, how far ahead have you read? And I said, I read the whole book. <laughs> and before I knew it, I was in the principal's office. <laughs> and I needed to promise that I will never do that again and I'll never read the whole book. These days, I read almost one book. I try, my goal is to read one book a month. And a lot of times I read more than one book a month. When I was 12 years old, I was told that white girls can't play basketball. It was one of my favorite sports. And I was committed to being good or great at basketball. On my basketball team, we won the championship state almost every year. I was selected all state and within my team individually and also selected for the all-star team every year. I was also nominated by my team and my coach for team captain. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> when I was 16, I was told that you shouldn't talk to CEOs or bosses of companies. One time when I happened to be leisurely enjoying my time playing one of my favorite sports, I had, was approached at that time by an older gentleman who had, uh, let's say, a grandfatherly type energy. And he asked me what it was within. There was a lot of people there at the auditorium, at the, the center practicing the sport. And he approached me and he asked me, what was I doing for a job? I was 16 and I had always worked part-time jobs. I had my first, I was always selling something or working. And I said, actually right now, I'm looking for a part-time job. And he said, follow me. And he took me into the, the sports center, the store uh, outside of where I was practicing. He took me inside the huge sports center store. And he introduced me to a lady whom he said was in charge of customer service. And I had a job when I was 16 on the spot. She interviewed me right then for about five to 10 minutes and said, congratulations, you have a job making almost $10 an hour, which was a fortune for a 16 year old. Then I went home and I told my family about it and I told them about the store and they said, what did the guy look like? And I described what he looked like. And then my brother took out a sports magazine and he turned to the back of the sports magazine and he said, was it this guy? And I was like, yeah. And he said, 
that guy's the CEO of the company. Every time I loved my job, I was on the phone selling things like I love doing. And I was also able in that job to make commission and I had goals. I tried to make the most commission. I made a lot of commission every month as well. And every time we had a meeting, the CEO of the company, which I saw like a grandfather figure for me, will always say hi to me and stop and have a conversation with me. The people around me were flabbergasted. <laughs> and honestly, I looked at it as he was like a grandfather figure. I never saw him as he's way up here and I'm way down here. We always had really great conversations and he served like a mentor to me. When I was 18 and I was talking to the college counselor at my high school, I was told I would probably never go to a good college. It may not even be worth it for me to apply. I went to a great college and I graduated with almost a 4.0 GPA. I earned academic scholarships after I got in. I graduated with honors and I got into medical school. When I was 19, I was told that traveling is only for rich people. I applied for several study abroads. I knew that I needed to go abroad. I knew that yes, I was raised with very little money and maybe it is for rich people and that does seem to be something that wealthy people talk about of where they go and what countries they travel to. And I never saw that as a bad thing. I applied for several study abroad programs and I found a good price in one and I decided to go. It was one of the most scary things that I've ever done in my life. Before I got on the plane, I literally almost blacked out. I started seeing black come like this and I had about this much that I could see and I had, before I had to sit down, I almost passed out. I put my head between my legs. My grandma was on one side of me and my mom was on the other side of me. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing this. No one in my family had lived abroad and I was about to go live abroad in one of the furthest places, Australia. That was the first place that I ever went to go live abroad in another country. I was about to take a almost 45 hour plane trip, two days within the airport. And I was scared shitless. Although I still knew that that's what I needed to do. But once I got there, once I got to Australia and I started making friends, I had a lot of really good friends and I, made, I eventually made a lot of good friends that I still have to this day. When I was 24, I was told that I needed an MBA to start a company. I needed an MBA to start a company. I actually even went back to school at one point in my life to get a second master's because I already have a master's in science and I went back to school to get an MBA because I kept thinking back to how somebody had told me that I had to have an MBA to start a business. I started a very successful consulting, nutritional consulting company when I was 24. I had my first client before I had even incorporated the LLC and the business. And I was eventually able to move that company even abroad when I lived in 
Paris, London, and Istanbul. When I was 27, I was told that I needed to be a man and a software developer to launch a tech company. I am a software developer and I am not a man. And there are very few female tech founders. That is true. There are very few tech investors that invest in female founders. That is also very true. When women go to apply for tech jobs, they usually get paid almost 30% less than men do with the same exact experience. My first job as a software developer, I was paid 30,000 less than a guy I was working with with the same exact experience and educational background. And I also, I asked for a raise. I didn't get that. I didn't get the raise. I did get the raise when I left the company. But I launched as a co-founder, a successful tech company, as a female, as a software developer, and as a self-taught software developer. Okay, fast forward to present time. Right now, I am the founder of Empire Life. Again, I was told tech companies need investors. I have zero investors. And I'm doing awesome. <laughs> so all of this, all of this to conclude is I want you, I want to really challenge you to focus, even from the time that you were three years old, to focus on events that you've been told and what actually happened and empower yourself. When you think through these moments, when I sat down to reflect on all these moments and these highlights in my life, these challenges that I overcame, how a lot of people were telling me certain facts, they were absolutely untrue. It's always a risk, of course. It's always gonna be a little risky and you're gonna be pushing your limits a little bit within the healthy infrastructure of your personality and of your strengths and of your gifts. If you ever start to feel down, depressed, overwhelmed, really take a moment to reflect on the moments when someone told you something and without a doubt, you decided to go for it. Talk to you guys soon.